further ado, as I've been telling you, here's one of my closest friends, Amy Sawyers Williams in the house. <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Ballad Podcast. Amy, how you doing today? Oh, Raina, I am so good. I am so much better to be in this space, in this audio space with you. I am so appreciative that you can make time. I know you're a busy lady, you know, working at a university, doing all the things. <laughs> all the things. Never too busy for you. I appreciate that. Amy, when we get started, I always like to tell the story of like how I met my friends, right? Because I feel like in this first season, everyone's like, so all your friends are from graduate school? Like, what is this? And I'm like, not all of them. They're meeting, you know, they got to meet Laura, who I've known since I was seven. So real throwback. Karen, who I've known, you know, since like middle school. But it just so happens that a lot of my first season is like people that I'm still very close with who I made this bond and commitment with that I really wanted to be friends with. So I remember being in classes with you. And like at first it wasn't like we were close. It was just like we were in class. We respect each other. Things were rolling. You get to hear people speak. And something that Amy always did was like have a half together thought or what was it what would you say it was it's like I haven't fully formed this thought yet I that's awesome that you remember that <laughs> no I love that because it's to me that isn't like an excuse to me that isn't like uh guys don't judge me it's just more like I have stuff to say and I'm not sure how I feel about it yet and that is okay everybody everybody feels that way you're right I've learned a lot about myself since then and I know I I, I process out loud so that's what I could have just said at the top of class. Like, hey, y'all, I'm an out loud processor. So I don't know. They're not fully formed thoughts. But I'm so glad that you remember that. I remember being in um, class with you and being like, oh, who is this amazing, dope woman who is one of the only people in our space that is from New York and repping New York hard? It was like you and... Oh, yeah, Dominic. And was Dominic full-time with us? Because I can't remember. They were, like, part-time people. Cause it he was, was yeah. Margo, who was also and from Margo New York. Margo was part-time, yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe I was the only full-time New Yorker in our group. Although, is Dominic? No. Was he New Jersey? I can't remember. You know what? I'm going to say I'm the only real New Yorker. What up? <laughs> so I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to agree with that. <laughs> yes, but I always really loved that because I felt like, it's important to state where you're at and it's important to take a broom in a way that's like a lot of people were speaking, right? Even though we weren't like a big group, like a lot of people were speaking. And if you wanted to get your voice out there and not forget your thoughts and engage in the conversation, sometimes your thoughts weren't full or people didn't know that that's how you thought, you know, that you needed to do it out loud. Yeah. Oh. I love that. So I remember that. I can't believe it's been like almost, my God, has it been like 10 years since we met in 2011 is when we started grad school. Yeah, it'll be in August. And then I remember like slowly but surely just like hanging out with you more and having so much fun with you at our like after after that, class. Yeah, after hangs. class. Because everybody lived in Brooklyn but me and that's still the case, y'all. Everybody likes to like live in Brooklyn, live. And I was like, guys, I'm, I'm not from Brooklyn and I'm not going to be trucking to Brooklyn. But Jack can meet me after class. And I remember everyone was like still living their best lives. And I was like, actually, I can't get high while I'm going to school right now. I've made this commitment. It was so many things. Everyone was like, you're such a nerd. And I was like, I just need to test this out. Like, I need to know. I'm spending all this cash money to go here. Like, I need to make sure that I'm getting my full investment. You did so, so great. You know, I moved from North Carolina to go to grad school in New York. and 
New York is such an amazing place to be, but it is really hard when you haven't lived there before to then go to grad school there and be like so distracted by so many amazing things. And then, of course, I wanted to be smoking with my friends and drinking with my friends. <laughs> Yo, that's what you do. No, for sure. I And I want to really say that in terms of like, I think that it's possible to do both. I just, at that time in my life, good. I yeah. was not, I don't think that I was ready for that per se. Or that that was something that I wanted to do. As like now as an adult, like I see the balance and how people do it. With that said, before that, I was smoking weed during the day. And I was like, I don't know that I could do that, right? And I was like, guys, I smoke weed during the day. Now I'm just a nighttime smoker. Not actually. Now I'm not a not, I'm like a not no time smoker at the time. No. I'm, a, I'm a fake smoker. <laughs> Ex-smokers. I'm a former and missing it smoker. Yes. yes. Amy, Amy. Why are we taking a break, girl? Why are we taking a break? <laughs> Should we say? Should we say? I mean, oh, I wanted no. to bring you on. Tell the people why we're taking a break. It's an important time to take a break, if any time. This is probably the most valid time to take a break. And what Reina is getting at is I am pretty early prego as That's we right. record this conversation. Yeah. And it is going to tie into what we talk about. And I feel sick as hell. And, um, you know, it's early. So maybe when this podcast hits, like, you know, things might not work out. They might. But I like to keep it 100% real and raise awareness about women's fertility issues. But I will say, through all this nausea and feeling sick, oh, boy, would I just love to just smoke a nice fatty. Yeah. Talk to my friend Mary Jane ASAP. You know, that's why she has a lady name, because nothing like a lady to make you feel good. Oh, nothing not like, like a, a lady. lady. I know you're making me feel better. You're distracting me, so I'm not feeling as sick. I agree. I, you know what? People are always like, "Oh, how, I mean, are you, you know, our, my producer partner in crime, Brisa Brisariely Munoz, is always like, Ray, you don't have to push yourself to do this schedule. Like that. I'm like, nah. This is when I feel my best. When I'm with my friends, when I'm doing my thing, when I'm doing things that I love, I can truly take a moment to not think about how my stomach hurts or had I been puking multiple times today or that I'm literally on the most serious bread diet I have ever been on in my life. Like bread and butter, B and B, me and you holding me down, <laughs> clap it up for the bread, right? And it, this is it. Your fans know why you're talking about all this bread. I don't think that I've told anybody, I don't think I've told our podcast world that I'm pregnant too. And that's why I wanted to do this interview. I was like, this is perfect timing. Amy was always on the list of people that I wanted to do this with. Obviously, Amy and I are part of, most people have their like chat groups and friend groups. We call it the team. And four out of five of the team members are pregnant at this time, which is, um, it's amazing because we just, unbelievable. It's We get to share this time together. Two of us are going to be second time moms. Two of us are new in the club. And of course, we got our great auntie just holding it down because everybody needs a good aunt. Everybody does not need to have children. I want to be 100% clear. That is your journey, your time. It's a lot of sacrifice. And you just have to be ready to make that sacrifice. And you don't have to be ready for that sacrifice if you don't want to. Like, Essie's going to be four years old in August. We took our time. Yes. And I will say that our friend the best auntie in the world. Brisa is so pregnant with creativity. That's it, right. She is like birthing babies of creativity and projects out into this world. And I know she has so many children out here in this world. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, you know, it's like everyone's got a mother inside of them. Everyone, no matter what like gender or expression you are, everyone has that that kind of nurturer and the, the, the thing that like cultivates what you want to 
bring into the world, whether that's a human or an artistic project or like just the love you give your friends, you know, so many things. So I like to say, tap into your inner mother. You know, I wanted to bring you on, Amy, and especially at this time, because you've been so open about your IVF journey and you've really found ways to give yourself strength and to work your way through it and, you know, to to be vulnerable during something that can be stigmatized, that can be scary, that can be emotional, that feels like it's full of judgment of yourself and of other people, you know, in a space where you can get lost in the sauce. You're just like, so much is happening. I'm doing so much. I'm going through this effort to bring this life. And I don't know if this is even going to happen. With that said, it's like anybody who tries to have a child, like you don't know. That's why people keep these first couple weeks so private. But what I love is that you showed us that we don't have to be. And that if it doesn't work out, it's okay as well. And those conversations need to happen. So of course you're a theater artist, just like all of my other friends, all my other friends are artists, right? I've been talking about that, but I, we're not just artists, we're people. And everything that we do, we bring our artistry, our humanity into. And I wanted to bring you on to have this conversation because this podcast is for us and for other women. It is for men, it is for family, it is for people supporting other people through their journeys. And this is another one of the journey. And I just wanna thank you so much for A, creating an Instagram page where we can go to and read and laugh and share and make this more visible, but also to be willing to come on here and talk about something that we don't know what's going to happen. And so, um, yeah, thank you for framing it that way. Um, I, w- I worry that like some people out there, like maybe my, my mom will see my IVF Instagram account and be like, I don't know if she's playing with a full deck. Like, what is she doing sharing this all out there? it relates to being an artist, you know, like, and an external processor. So what Raina is talking about is I have an IVF Instagram account called at IVF Artist Diaries. And I've been documenting my process since my third frozen embryo transfer. But previously, I had been through two failed frozen embryo transfers. And then before that is an IVF egg retrieval. And before that is finding out my husband had testicular cancer and that was like the start of it all. And we had to like really um, work really fast to freeze his sperm. I'm really glad we did that because after he went through chemo, another thing they don't really tell you. So first of all, men listening out there or people with balls out there, check your balls. If your balls hurt, you got to check them and don't be afraid. Go to the doctor I've found out so many young men have gotten testicular cancer and, you know, they've died because they let it go way too far. They're ashamed of it. But anyway, then, so we've got this frozen sperm. That's like our only lifeline to having a child. And I thought it would be so easy. But then, um, you know, they put the first embryo into my uterus and it didn't work. And then the second one didn't work. And what we came to find out was that I needed a surgery to look inside of my uterus called a hysteroscopy. And they just found out all sorts of crazy ass things going on in my uterus. Um, You know, things like a septum that you're born with, which is just like a misshapen uterus and things like fibroids. And they cleared all that out. And so it's not so crazy. So you mean to tell me they went in there and found stuff that's completely natural. And that's part of our process as growing up as women. And they were like, oh, We have to address some of these things in order to make babies this way. Is that what I'm hearing? Because it's nothing crazy about your body or the way that it works. 
Reina Bonaparte. Literally a miracle. With a, always playing with a full deck. I'm never, ever, ever going to let my friends downplay the beauty that we have. I'm never, ever, ever going to let you talk down about yourself. This is not what it's about. Like, there's enough going on out there that is not helpful to you. And the voices that you give yourself, that you give yourself, is the most important one. And I know it. So, Amy, please continue. Please continue. But no negative talk about this amazing body that's housing my niece or that's housing my nephew at the moment. That's about to do this, okay? That's no, right. no bad talk about this baby. This house is working as it should. That's right. That, that's right. This little baby bean is now in a comfortable home and modern science is amazing. But I have to say, like, so I, I know so many people out there who are going through, you know, often IUI is the first step when you find out you're having some issues with infertility. There are so many reasons why. And so many people actually, um, Raina, we're recording this during National Infertility Awareness Week. You hear this? Couldn't be better timing. Could not be better timing. And I just really want people to know that, you know, if it's not working for you or maybe you're a same sex couple or non-binary couple and you need to go to, you know, often people will start with IUI which is intrauterine insemination. And, you know, if that doesn't work, often people then move to IVF. And there's just so much politically there. You know, like New York State, I heard, covers IVF with insurance, but North Carolina does not because... It's very expensive. Yes, it is so fucking expensive. You know, I think that's... And I think it comes down, you know, class and like people being able to afford that. Like, I feel like... There's many reasons why you would want to have children, right? But when you hit up obstacles, then it becomes expensive. And also with technology comes more information. My doctor was just telling me, she's like, well, last time, which literally was like four years ago, she's like, well, last time when we did tests for you, we didn't have access to all of this. So we could only test for a certain amount of chromosomes and check certain things and blah, blah, blah. It's like, but this time around, I can test for over 400 different things. And I was like, what is the benefit in that? She's like, well, the pros are that we'll know more. The cons are that the more we test for, the more we find. And I was like, woof, this honesty is really helpful, right? Yes. But it's like the technology's moving in such a way that, and she was like, you're probably going to have to pay more for this, you know, but just knowing all the information, like, do I need to know all these 400 things? I, I probably don't. But because it was affordable and it was accessible to me, and I felt like the more I know, the easier it is for my partner Ezra and I to make a decision, then yes, we will take that. But just thinking about it in that way, right? It's like, you don't, it's about accessibility and also like, how do we get the best care? And it comes down to class, our state, our governors, our family, people not, doctors not believing people of color. Like that is such a big fear. As you know, my doctor's Mexican. I search for a woman of color because I wanted that type of care. I wanted someone who looked like me, who had experience like me, that I could be real about my fears. How did you find, you know, your center, your place, right? Because you knew you wanted to have children. Then you had this situation with Gavin happen. And then how do you then navigate this and then find the right place for you? I want to also support what you were saying about, about the different, like, you know, accessibility to these kind of treatments and it leading back to, you know, privilege and class and race. And I think we just last week, it was, um, let's just call it racism. Let's just, let's just put it out there. Yeah. Racism is killing black women. Racism is killing people of color in every sector we could think of. Yeah. Yeah. It, especially as we record it this week. Tough. Week and last us. week was black and brown women uh, maternal health awareness week. And I was doing as much as I could to 
educate myself on the women that I follow on Instagram, because there's this community I've found out there and black and brown women that are facing infertility and they are not seen as much as white women. And they're having, as you described, um, these experiences with doctors who are invalidating their truths. You know, I just go back to thinking about also Serena Williams and what she had to go through to get her blood clot diagnosed. And, you know, I just want to just acknowledge that, like, this is the, this is the reality and it's fucked up. And if I can help lend my voice even just a little to someone out there who's not aware of some of these issues and infertility and of black and brown women, then I'm glad. But there's so, so much more to do. And so I'm waiting to come out of this. You know, it takes a long time to come out of an experience with perspective and like wisdom and I'm, I know I'm getting stronger as I go through this, but I feel like I am going through infertility and because of it, I am stronger and I'm going to be able to, I'm going to be able to help support this cause. Yeah. I'll just say that help bring, help bring awareness and support this cause. And then I will also have a child who I will be raising in the world <laughs> to be an anti-racist human being. And I feel like, holy shit kind of hitting me now as we talk like that that is probably one of the biggest roles that I have to play in this life is to raise an anti-racist child <sighs> so that is where I'm coming from and you asked me about being centered and where I'm coming from and honestly Ray I'm scared as hell to bring another life like I'm scared about the being sick part right now I almost thought I was gonna barf just a few seconds ago or minutes ago and I was like oh no I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go <laughs> but and then I'm scared about, you know, there's the pain and the sacrifice and then the sleep and all of that stuff. But then, I mean, you're a mom, so you've got this, you've got some perspective here. You've got a lot of perspective here. Were you scared at first? Amy, the moment, like Ezra and I planned our baby. And I know that like people, people are like, what do you mean you planned? Well, we knew we were very particular people. Uh, we like particular zodiac signs. We're very crazy in that very like, you know, like in our heads in that way or like very particular. I'm not going to say crazy because it's trying to get away from ableist language that feels that goes over there. But we're very particular in a very specific way about what we want. And we planned our child, like thinking about the months and all the things and got off birth control, went through planning. And we're feeling like, yes, we really want to raise a child together. And I'm not even kidding. The moment I knew I was pregnant, I was freaking the fuck out i was like holy shit this is real we're having a baby our whole lives are changing oh my god i'm raising a black child in this world what am i thinking trash ass america like all the things happen to you and then at that moment i realized that i love something more than myself and that what felt like a very selfish act of trying to bring someone into the world was okay for me to do and it's my joy to have and I think I was freaking out, but also trying to remind myself that I wanted this and that I need to trust myself and the joy. And it just takes time, Amy. Like, it's super scary all the time. Like, even now that we're pregnant so early, right? It's like, we could lose our baby at any time and that's super scary, but I'm not going to spend my time thinking about that. I'm also not going to spend my time allowing other people to tell me, oh, you can't tell people you're pregnant before three months. I mean, that's bad luck, bitch, for you. Don't fucking throw that over here. Tira tu mandejo por otro lado. Get out my sauce, boo. Mind your business. Okay? So learning to create that space for myself and just continually pushing myself to not, you know, fall into those traps, to not believe other people's bullshit and to really live. And honestly, it is scary. 
You know, when I hear that 13-year-old brown boys, black boys are being killed, it is very scary. And I definitely have days where I'm literally crying with fear that someone's going to kill my baby. And I'm like, how dare you think my baby is a threat? Right? And then I have to remind myself that I'm alive. Ezra's alive. My brother's alive. That there are millions of black people still alive fighting for each other every single day and that we can do this. And that if it's the last thing I do, I'm going to fight to keep my babies alive. And that I'm going to teach my son everything that I can and my next child, whatever I can, to have them live a life that they feel like is worth living and that they feel is valuable. Because another fear is like, I don't want to steal my child's joy. You know, I don't want to tell Ezzy that there's hate in the world because he's black. I don't want to. But I know that I'm going to have to tell him that. And when I decide to tell him that and how I decide to tell him that is going to be the important part. Because my parents didn't tell me that. I saw it. And I lived it. And I saw my friends suffer. And luckily I had found art by then. And I could use it to heal myself and to fight back. And hopefully that is what I can do for my son, Amy. So I don't have the answer for how we deal with fear, except that I fight back with what we have, right? Awareness, art, honesty, tears, looking for other people one day at a time, all that shit, like just living it and being honest about that. And just like you're going to have to work hard to make sure that your child is an anti-racist human being, I'm going to have to do my part to not only teach my child that there's racism out there, but that not everybody's a racist and that you can trust people by their character and that there are things worth fighting for and possibly dying for. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, girl. It's going to be super hard. We're not weak. We're making life at this moment, which is not for the weak or the faint of heart. We are then going to raise these warriors. We're going to continue. We have been hit with other obstacles before. Amy, we are women out here, okay? It is not easy being a woman. I just want to just say that I'm, my whole heart is holding space for what you're saying right now. And it is so... Can we swear on this podcast? Fuck yeah. Okay, fuck. <laughs> it is so fucking important for every single person listening right now to hear what you just said and to access the depths of empathy to what you just said, because your realities of being a mother in America are so, so deep and you contain multitudes and it's so hard and it's, it's deeply, deeply unfair. And so I'm just here holding space for you and saying that I am fighting for you, with you, side by side for your babies and for your family, and for just our friendship and your love. Like, life right now in 2021 America, and not just right now, but all always, but we are in this present moment, and that is what I'm thinking of. And it's just, in terms of raising a child, it's heavy, man. It's heavy. And like you said, you were talking about resilience, too. And that is just, to me, one of the most... Um, awe-inspiring things about human beings is that resilience and like to be like we're out here we're women <laughs> like yes and I'm acknowledging we are women I am a white woman I have a very different very privileged 
you know, experience of, um, of womenhood and feminism. That's not to say that white, that white men have not, you know what I'm saying? Like oppression comes in different ways. Right. And like, although white women are out here showing asses and really fucking up and carrying it out, Karen galore out here, it does not mean that they have not felt oppression. You know what I'm saying? That they have not felt pain that you have not lived through things, right? Like you're still a woman at the end of the day, you're not at the top of the food chain and white men have shown their asses to you first and then to the rest of us. Right. So it's, you know what I'm saying? It's trickling down to everybody. It's not, you know, and like, that's the thing about oppression. It's like, we are all oppressed people in one way or another within the system in itself. So I don't like to compare oppression. Obviously we know that you have more privilege than I do in these spaces. But with that said, it's like, I'm not going to deny that you've been through shit. Just like you cannot deny that my shit is worse because of where I stand on this shit. And that is what it is. But that said, as women, which is what kills the feminist movement, which is what really kills me, is like when white women try to separate themselves from the rest of us, because we're never as women going to move forward if we don't all come together. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not it. So and I and I view that in America as like also for like poor people. I'm like, my man, rich white people are using poor white people. They're just using you. Money, money is what talks out here. Yes. Get it together. Join other poor people. What are you thinking? I think I remember when Chris Vine, I think Chris Vine was like talking about how the middle class was created one day. And he was like, they were created so that they wouldn't, you know, help because poor white people were befriending, you know, enslaved black people and they wanted to separate them so that they could stop an uprising. And I just want to take a second to plug, I've been reading this book called Sapiens. Yeah, plug that book. I love to plug a good reading in here. Actually, everybody who comes on here always plugs some books. That's what I love about my squad. Yes. Yes. Every, I mean, it's not a game out here. Everybody loves the plug because everybody reads and it's important to share that material. So tell us about Sapien. Hook it up. I just, I um, am in this little tiny little splinter book club with these uh, ladies that I like and you know, we're reading Sapiens. It's just like this big ass book about literally homo sapiens and like everything we have, how we like overcame the Neanderthals and like where systems of oppression um, and discrimination come from. Fa- it's fascinating stuff. I don't know how the rest of it's going to go. I don't know. Maybe people are out there like, Amy, this book is problematic. I will learn that, but... <laughs> For now. That's a big fact because some things may be in now and the next thing you know, it's like, that was problematic. My bad. My bad. Yeah, yeah. I will own that. But for, for right now, we're on like the part where it's like the we're learning written language. Humans are, are starting with written language. So it's like, okay. But, you know, they're talking about like, yeah, like how do we get like large societies of people to cooperate? Sorry, Amy. It is time for our central question. That is just how it arrives. <laughs> I don't have any control on that. The timing is set and then it happens. Oh, that's so great. So, Amy, the essential question is, what is a lesson that you've had to learn over and over and over again? Oh, so good. Okay. You could still be learning it. It could be anything. I mean, we've had people say listening. We've had people say all types of things. Because you just, you know, what a, a lesson is a lesson, however you take it. I'll tell you, and I I want to become advanced at this before I die. It's like thinking that I can just do one more thing before I have to show up to something or before a thing starts. Like thinking I have more time than I do is my lesson. I'm dying because this is a fact and this is valid. Many people probably think like, I could do one more thing. Always. 
I'm not playing with the full deck. I am not playing with a full deck. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got Raina's podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have a quick snack. I'm going to have a quick banana. I can do that in two minutes. Like, no, Amy, you should have had the banana 15 minutes ago. And you have learned this over and over and over again. It's like, pre- it's called present moment bias. It's when you're biased to the present moment, but you're not able to plan effectively. So that's what I'm going to go with, Ray. Uh, no, I like this. You know, I, I would say that I'm guilty to this from time to time. It is not, it is a lesson that I know though. And I try to be fully transparent with myself. I'm like, I'm, I, I, what I do is like, I'm like, you pl- when I go over the things that I say I'm going to do before I go do something, I go, you're playing yourself <laughs> just to remind myself that it's not going to happen. Right. And Ezra calls me out on shit like this all the time, because sometimes I'll be like, he'll be like, meet me here at this time. And I'm like, I got all this time and I'm trying to do all this stuff beforehand. Cause I'm just trying to fill up the time. Right. And then I'll remember how Ezra never makes me wait. And then I just, and then I just stop what I'm doing. Oh, that's so nice. You know what I'm saying? Like I just see quality. <laughs> oh, I love this man. Never makes me wait. Never makes me wait. Never like is punctual about my time, respects my time, communicate. Like, so when I think about how that makes me feel and how important that is to me, I just be like, girl, don't do it to this man. Remember how this man never makes you wait. And then, and then I love him more in that moment. <laughs> I love that. I want to have like a like you on my shoulder, like telling me that. Like the next time I'm like, it's like, no, remember how, how it feels. Do you feel so loved, so sexy when someone doesn't make you wait? <laughs> yo, Amy, that's, yo, when people make me wait, I get, and I think it just depends on what kind of waiting it is. Cause like, I feel like you can give anybody a grace period. Yeah. But when people are disrespectful with my time, I, that, that b- gets me boiling. It's just like, I'm like, you know what? This is some bo- and then I and then I start to like rethink the whole thing. I'm like, I'm never waiting for this person. Like I go to the other end of the world. I'm like, oh, I'm never waiting for this person again. Fuck them. They could meet me at the location. I'm doing my own shit. I'm not showing up on time. Like I just go to the That's right. They're burned now. They're burned. Wait, and also in New York, it's like a whole different brand of like flaking out on people, giving excuses, waiting because you've got the trains. You've got built-in excuses with the trains running late. And of course, that's like so true. But when I, yeah, when I moved to New York, I was like, oh, this is a whole new ball game of like, you know, people being, having all these excuses down, down here in in North Carolina, pace is a lot slower. I mean, I've got no excuse. (laughs) I got no excuse. I'm just, I think it's important then to be honest, right? Amy, if this is your lesson that you're learning, then I think it's just letting the people know, be like, hey guys, so I have this thing, folks, that, uh. I have to meet people. I just, and I have time, allegedly. I just really use it up inappropriately or have to do stuff last minute. It is, I think it comes with anxiety too of like trying to get a lot done. So just being honest. Yeah, I think people will understand. I think I need to also get used to being early for things, like showing up early. I'm not used to it. God forbid I'm five minutes early for something and I'm like, this feels weird. But what if I just tried to practice being five minutes early? Like that would be okay. Food for thought, Ray. A food for thought. Also, Amy, I want you to think about what you'll do with that time, right? Because when I try to show up to places early, because I would say like five minutes, let's be real. Five minutes is not really early, Amy. That's just like not making the other person wait. No shade, but no shade. Um, But like maybe you're like, I'll get there five minutes early and then I will think about what I want. I'll set an intention for this time. I will give thanks when I get there. You know, having to warm up my car has given me that kind of time. So now that I know we have to sit in the car and warm it up, usually we get down there and 
if I'm with Ezzy, I'd be like, let's just give thanks for all the, you know what I'm saying? To fill up the time in a way that feels meaningful so that you don't feel like it's time wasted. So I just wanted to give you that as something that I do because I also don't like to be wasting time or feel like, now I'm just down here warming up the car. What am I going to do? I'm going to send some emails. And it's like, no, girl, let's give thanks. Let's take a breather. Let's be grateful. Um, if sometimes I like to leave my friends voice notes just from the car, just because it's I have that time and I can be like, oh, what are all the people that I've been meaning to say a quick thing to? Let me bang this out. So I'm giving you a way to fill up your time, which is what you like to do, but also getting to places early. Yeah, but like doing it in an intentional way. So being like, I can fill up my time once I'm sitting, waiting early. Oh, I love that. Setting attentions. <laughs> I really appreciate your just general Aquarius wisdom, Reina. Just beautiful, always coming through, shining, and and making us all better people for it. You're too kind. As everybody can tell, all of my listeners, right? All my friends gas me up. Get you friends who gas you up and who love you. That's the message of this podcast. Get you friends. And as I like to remind y'all, celebrities are not the only cool people in the world. They're just the ones that have money and are out there for you to see and that Hollywood is pushing. You have gems in your life. I hope you're seeing my gems and understanding why they are and why I have them. And I hope that when you look at your friends, you look for those qualities, for those things, right? And that vulnerability is a gem. Honesty is a gem. Fear can sometimes be a gem because when we get down to it, we realize purpose, just give it to yourself. Amy, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you sharing your journey and honestly giving us lots of information and lots of things to think about. And again, if you can give people the Instagram in case they want to follow, we have anybody who's still on it um, as when this comes out, you'll still be pregnant. <laughs> That's right. And you can put it in the show notes. Exactly. People could know. And I will definitely add it in the show notes um, and just wanted to know if you want to share any last words. I know you're originally from Chicago living out in North Carolina, came to New York to, you know, get your masters with me and everything. I see that as your purpose. And then you were like, Raina, I got to go back to be with my husband. But here we are having long distance friendships, which can be challenging. And everybody has to do their part. But look at Amy doing her part. Oh, look at you showing up too for me. And I would say too, the pandemic has been so, so, so awful. And there has, there have been like little instances of silver linings that come out, like being able to see my long distance friends on Zoom, which we weren't really doing before. Yeah, or getting to experience different art pieces over Zoom. Right now, I'm, I'll, I'll just make a last plug um, for if anyone out there likes working with people, elders with dementia, that's what I'm doing during um, the pandemic, working with them on creativity sessions over Zoom. And it's through an organization called Time Slips and my company called Seesaw Projects. So any applied theater folks out there, who are interested, hit me up. I'd love to talk about working with elders. Um, during the pandemic and after, I was doing some prison work beforehand that had to come to a halt because of the pandemic, but would love to start that up after too. Um, so that's just a little artistic work plug. No, for sure. Yeah, so Amy loves improv, does loves comedy, does a lot of theater. Obviously, as you can tell, my friends love theater, love to play games and shit. That's how we roll. So obviously... Amy, where can the people find you and your projects and all your good stuff? Find me at Seesaw Projects um, on like Instagram, Twitter, all the things, Facebook at Seesaw Projects, one word. That's where you can find me. And then the um, fertility stuff, I think it's connected. It's, it's, you know, everything is part of this 
I don't know, creative expression, how we live our lives. And I'm just grateful to be able to talk to you about this today, Ray. Wait, do we say the secret phrases? Oh, you know what? Go for it. What was yours? I want to guess it was like a, a something about a hand, a full deck or something. Was it that? Bing, 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 bing. You were killing it. Okay. Did you know what mine was? I got to say mine at least two times, I think. Maybe was it times. something about sauciness? Yes. Lost in the sauce. Yes, we did that. Ah, we did. Oh, so good. But yours was so good because you used yours really early. And I was like, oh, I like that. And you know what? I wrote these so long ago that I was like, I don't. Maybe it's mine. Maybe I said that. Maybe I didn't say that. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? When I wrote these, I was smoking a pot. So I don't remember. <laughs> I love it. Well, my, you know, my nickname is Sauce from college. That's so right. When I heard Call that. Sauce. What, I got to put that. What was the expression? Cooking with the sauce? Amy with the sauce. <laughs> you with the sauce. I don't know. Well, however you're, I'm yeah. going to listen to this podcast and start using that expression more. Uh, my, 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 the line that I was using was lost in the sauce. Thank you. Lost in the sauce. I love it. It's a good one. I'm adapting it. But playing with the full deck is a good one. We are playing not with a full deck right now. I even just like speaking through in like full coherent sentences, not my best moment, but I'm happy you'll hold this space for me. No matter where I'm at, I'm probably going to go bark after this. I'm going to be honest with you. Same. And also, I want to just say that Pregnancy brain is real. And if they didn't, they didn't have it written in the books, they haven't expressed it. Maybe you have a male doctor. Maybe he don't know. Men don't know women's bodies better than women. And if you have not experienced this, you do not know. And pregnancy brain is real. And Amy and I are going through it. And you know what? It's a beautiful thing to forget stuff. Just take it as a gift. It wasn't that important. I'll come back when I need it. It is what it is. I'll write down the real important things as a lesson to be learned. But thank you. Thank you. And we have this all recorded so I can go back and listen. And there's my dog. Just Yes, Hamlin, we love you. Um, Amy, I want to wish you a great day. Uh, be gentle with yourself. Remember, you are making life, and that is no easy feat for anyone. And that in a couple weeks, we will both be out of the hardest part for now. And we'll be able to enjoy that second trimester beauty, body changing, nesting, everything. And then we're going to be like these voluptuous, sexy women waddling out here in the summer and don't tell me nothing when my feet get fat and i'm out here okay Mm-mm. Mm-mm. the sexiest waddle the sexiest waddle mm. get it mm. get it get it <laughs> and thank you for thank you for everything you shared today you know ray you've taught me so much and i just i mean i'm just so grateful and thank you i love you thanks for listening to this episode of the mad ballad podcast as always, I'm your host, Reina Erika. I hope that you'll come back again next week. So you can follow us on IG. We're Mad Ballad Podcast. And you can also email us and send us ideas, thoughts, questions, things that came up for you, topics, advice if you want them at madballadpodcast at gmail.com. We will share details on our guests and where you can follow them in our show notes. And please take care of yourselves. And remember, we're all afraid of something and fear is not real. It's just in our heads and we can do this. Remember, I do this because I really wanted to do this, but I was also very afraid. And the only way to get anything done is to put one foot in front of the other. One step at a time, one day at a time, one thing at a time. Thanks for hanging in there. We're all doing our best. 
Hopefully we'll see you next week. Stay valid. On today's segment of Let Me Put You On, I want to talk about meditation. I want to be clear that when I was younger, I thought it was stupid. I was like, what are people doing? You're sitting in silence and just like, I don't know, being quiet and still. And I, and when I think about it, I'm like, okay, I was, I was a theater major. So like listening to my breathing, being silent is something that we did, right? But I'm just like, what do you mean to be like, to try to have no thoughts or dig deep to the uh, nothingness? It, to me, that just felt like nonsense. I was like, what and people pay for this I don't know but as I've grown to be an adult and in looking for understanding me further and also bringing peace and balance meditation is real y'all and let me put you on try before you knock it it can help set up your day or put you in the mood for rest or prepare you for things that might be stressful or scary it's taking a moment for you in this very busy world. Take a moment for you. You deserve it. You deserve meditation. You are not doing it for anybody else. It is not to gratify anybody. It is not to bring anything to anybody. This is for you. And I want you to think about how many things you do that are just for you during the day, that just serve you and your sanity and your peace. And even if you're not feeling like, oh, I need sanity or I need peace, like things are great. Things could be great. I'm having a great day. But I still am looking for a little time for me. A little time that I could say, I took this moment for myself and just for me. And I deserve that. And the more we practice that kind of selfishness, that kind of self-love, the more we have to give to others and the more understanding we are when other people need it. So, meditation. Give it a try. That's been that for Let Me Put You On. Also, hope that you'll catch up with us again next week. If you have a question, comments, ideas, or maybe you want some advice on something, please do not hesitate to send us an email at madvalidpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's madvalidpodcast at gmail.com. Also, madvalidpodcast on IG. Wishing you a great week, and thank you for listening.